cursed, cursed creator. Why did I live? Why, in that instant, did I not extinguish that spark of existence which you had so wantonly bestowed? I know not. Despair had not yet taken possession of me. My feelings were those of rage and revenge. I could with pleasure have destroyed the cottage and its inhabitants and have glutted myself on the shrieks of their misery. Hateful day when I received life, I exclaimed in agony. Accursed creator, why did you form a monster so hideous that even you turned from me in disgust? God, in pity, made man beautiful and alluring, after his own image, but my form is a filthy type of yours, more horrid even from the very resemblance. Satan has his companions, fellow devils, to admire and encourage him, but I am solitary and abhorred. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. We're going to have a lot of uh, pedantic discussions on today's episode. <laughs> Maybe. So we've been talking monsters this month. This one, we're really getting into true definition, what people see as monsters. One of my favorite tropes in monster storytelling is a creator creates something to serve him. It turns back on him, and now the creator is the victim of his creation. And that's why our quote today was from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Our focus today is going to be on those man-made monsters. One of the earliest references I could find to this type of story is the golem, or golem. And that, I believe, was from Jewish culture where they made this creature out of clay to serve him, and then it became too powerful, and he couldn't control his creation anymore. We see this pop up again in Frankenstein, where they create the creature, and the creature tries to kill the scientist, Frankenstein. Even as late as, when was the last Terminator movie that came out? Like a year or two ago. And of course, my favorite tropes for this are robots, the technology that has exceeded humanity's morality. You see that in Terminator, you see that in Westworld, you see that in one of my favorite TV shows, Person of Interest, where it's not a physical thing that's hunting you down so much as it's internet-based, but it has a will of its own, this AI So there are examples all across cultures, all across history that have this kind of element. And some of the time, it depends on how you treat the thing. So in Japan, I'm gonna butcher this name, I'm sorry, the Sukomogami, they're tools that receive a soul after 100 years. They become self-aware. And if you didn't treat it well then it exacts its revenge. If you do treat it well, then it doesn't. It'll serve you well, and it might just play practical jokes on you because it has a good sense of humor. Yeah. Of course, if you are thinking about a man-made monster, the first thing you're going to think about is Frankenstein. The brooms from Sorcerer's Apprentice. Sure. Frankenstein's monster is probably going to come up first. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, the brooms from Sorcerer's Apprentice from Fantasia Mm -hmm. that haunted me when I was a child. Yes, those would qualify. (laughs) 
If you are writing a steampunk type story, this is definitely a monster you should consider. Because technology is the villain in a way. The broom or the Frankenstein's monster? The man-made monsters. Okay. (laughs) If you're looking into steampunk kind of stories, Frankenstein's a good place for that. I want to say that Frankenstein was kind of one of the first steampunky style stories because it's very old science-based, Victorian-era-esque. But you also want to look at automatons. Those are very, very common in steampunk stories. Another possibility that you might think of is the gingerbread man. This doesn't so much come back to haunt the creators, but the gingerbread man came to life and ran away and ended up getting eaten. Yeah, if Pinocchio turned evil, then he would be in this category as well. Also in history, you have Pygmalion's wife. Pygmalion was a Greek king. The myth tradition goes that he was a sculptor, sculpted this beautiful thing. He fell in love with it, and Aphrodite, being Aphrodite, brought it to life and married them. Because why not? Because why not? But then he was married to a sculpture for the rest of his life. Again, not really the one that comes back to haunt the creator, but just a man-made thing that came to life. One of my favorite examples of this is actually something that kind of turns the story on its head a little bit, and that is Prometheus, the god of creating humans effectively. He created humans in their own little towns and built things basically as golems, as toys, as playthings. And then when they brought fire down, they became life. They became more than just toys. So in this case, the humans are the man-made monster. Or in this case, the god-made monster. Yes. But the monster that came back to haunt its creator. When it comes to dealing, handling these man-made creatures, in a lot of the stories, they come back to destroy the creator. Frankenstein's monster, the Terminator, all of those things come back to haunt iRobot as another example. So if you are being hunted by one of these man-made creatures, one of the things you can do in order to shut them down in some regard is to figure out who created them, who gave them life. And I believe in the case of the golem, if you kill the person who animated the golem, then the golem goes down also. So if you figure out who is running the machine that's trying to hunt you down and you stop that person, you'll also stop the machine. You also just try to reverse whatever got them started. So if it was the internet, you disconnect the internet. If it was a seal, you destroy the seal, that kind of thing. That tends to be the common ways to deal with them or just straight up destroy them, melt them in a hot pot of lava. There are very few monsters in which headshot is not a solution, but you do have to be aware that with this particular type of monster, they all have similar ideas in that they are very difficult to kill because they don't have flesh. They don't have soft innards that you can disembowel. Their brains are not always in what looks like the head. 
They tend to also be incredibly physically strong. So they can just throw you up against a wall and hold you and starve you there if they wanted to. And in Ultron's case, replicating. So if you have a robot, I'm thinking Terminator at this point, melting them down. If you can find a way to melt them down, you can reform them into something else. And therefore, they aren't going to try to kill you anymore. We hope this information has given you a place to launch if you want to have that man-made monster in your story. This is one of the most customizable monsters we're going to cover this month. Because so much of the monster is dependent on the character of its creator, it's a reflection and sometimes a dark reflection of the creator, you get to make this monster however you want by studying your main character and, of course, by writing selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 